crack nyeri rangun nyeri malangun bapane i was walking around in my spirit it is my story of my story you got good brainstorm boy you learn something i made a lot of film and i remember that all the famous people and then i would go and sit down and her mate just tail small fella and black fella Sick, mate. It's cancer. Too much tobacco. I've been smoking. And when I'm gonna start cutting that meat, I'm gonna cut him, cut him, cut him real hard, real hard. I'm gonna cut him the plate with moving to Her Majesty. My spirit will return back to my country. I will miss my children, and I think of them, and I love them. And she look at me. And she went. Oh yes, I will put a knife there and I will cut him back. Stay alive. Stay alive. I'm the greatest dancer in the world. Just for me, so. the trailer for My Name is Gulpalil. Hello and welcome to the Cinema Australia podcast. My name is Matthew Eels. In this episode, I'm joined by My Name is Gulpalil director Molly Reynolds to discuss this stunning new documentary about one of Australia's most important actors and one of our most significant cultural and artistic icons, the unparalleled David Gulpalil. As you'll hear in this interview, Molly has known David for many years as the partner of Australian directing legend Rolf Deheer, Reynolds has worked with David on projects throughout her career, including her own 2015 documentary, Another Country, which was a companion film to Deheer's Charlie's Country. Here, Molly discusses how this documentary came about, how and when she first met David, the highs and lows of working with a man, and of course Molly shares some great stories about how she made this uh, incredible and elegant new doco. My name is Gopalil, is in cinemas nationally from May 27, and I urge everyone to go and see it. Anyway, enjoy. Molly Reynolds, thank you very much for joining the Cinema Australia podcast. It's great to have you with us. And thank you for inviting me. Um, congratulations on My Name is Gulpalil. Uh, there have been other documentaries and TV shows about David's life before, but I've never seen anything uh, this raw and honest. It's beautifully captured and you've presented it in a way that made me feel like I was enjoying a cup of tea with David rather than having all of this information thrown at me. Uh, it never feels exaggerated or unnatural. So congratulations again on such a terrific and elegant film. Thank you. Thank you very much. I think um, I think that that's in part 
because um, the film is all David yes. and he has such a wonderful relationship with the camera and, you know, and he just, he looks straight down the lens and he's, he's talking to his audience and, and without filter. Yes. Um, d- despite his illness, David managed to walk the red carpet and attend the world premiere at the Adelaide Film Festival in March. What was that moment like for you uh, to be able to screen the film with David in attendance? Ah, oh, look. Matt, wonderful in more ways than one because when we embarked on this documentary, David was like, right, right, I want, you know, right through to the end, right through to my death ceremony um, and everything else like that. I want I want my whole story until the very end. So we were we were geared for this, this film to end with David's demise. And, you know, he was, it, as usual, he transcended the odds and um, and the film that was meant to be in production for only six months was running up to sort of four and a half years and Rolf Deheer, being the producer, said, Molly, this film is going to bankrupt us unless we finish it soon. And I said I said to him, no, 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 no. It, you know, it ends when David ends. Yes. And as Rolf said, but... You know, David's departure is not looking eminent, eminent here. And so we made the decision to finish it with him, you know, being on the stage. And so that was, you know, it was all the all the more fulfilling for it to have him there um, when the film played in, in March, um, yes, at the Adelaide Festival Centre. Beautiful. And I've seen David uh, speaking to crowds before and you mentioned before about how much he loves the camera and he's, he's at ease with that. He seems to be at ease with the crowd as well. Is that right? Oh yes. Oh uh, yes, actually. Um, but it not not so much with a live crowd. David, oh, I rarely see him nervous, mm. but I have caught it twice now because mm. I have I've viewed you know all the archival footage. I know I know this fellow well, yes. and um, and he didn't. He had an acceptance speech at the Actor Awards when he was awarded Best Actor for Charlie and Charlie's country yes. and he he speaks to the audience there it doesn't make the cut in the film but I thought oh my goodness David is nervous mm. and um and then went at the um Adelaide um festival center when he when he took you know stood on stage and spoke I thought my goodness he's nervous mm. and he rarely rarely is wow. so there's something about the live audience that that throws him a little but not not so much that he that he can't recover from it yeah. Yes. Um, before we talk about the film itself, I'd love to get to know you a little bit more. Where did your filmmaking journey begin? Oh, look, it um, all all over the place, Matt. Um, I have I have pretty well covered what um, you know um, where you know. Where where someone who can, who works in the screen industry can go. Um, I spent time at the ABC as the um, you know as as um, there for um, at the at the turn of the century um, across digital and ABC TV, and then I spent time at funding agencies and in big production houses, and you know as a consultant and in production. So I've sort of I've I've done. It, I've, I've done it all, and I quite like where I've landed, yes. which is, you know, my my my, my favorite my favorite activities last instead of first. So yes. 
it's just great to be in production and to have the opportunity to to work with David on this film and where one of our great luxuries were 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 two reasons was we had a decent budget to work with in the beginning which diminished when David you know kept going yeah. and kept kept wanting to work like he'd call up and say Molly Molly when are we working and it was like okay we'll shoot again and that you know we had um, close to 70 shooting shooting days mm. and to be able to explore so much um, in those in those shoots and mm. kind of get some what I think is, you know, like some fantastic footage. Um, yeah, so it was that was a bit of a rambling answer for you there, Matt. But I think <laughs> you, I, and our audience will will follow the threads. Yeah. Um, had you always had an interest in in the screen from from a very young age? Yeah, I had said when I was at school, the um, you know the, the the people that come and say, well, you know, come on, kids, what are you going to do when you leave school? I said, oh, I think I'd like to be a filmmaker or a psychologist, mm. and that I, you know, that I sort of I do. Um, documentaries as well as a lot of uh, digital media I you know I really love creating stuff in that space as well um, and I think as a documentary filmmaker it's not that different from you know from psychology yes. you kind of have to really um, appreciate the people and the environments that you're working in um, in in order to kind of show something on screen. Yes, yeah. Well, what's this wild story that I've heard about you as a young editing assistant accidentally eating a frame of film? What, what, oh, what was that about? Oh, yes, yes, indeed, indeed. Oh, it was many, many. I'm just trying to think when it was. But there was this film um, that was called Crocodile Man and yeah. I was um, I was working with David Barber and Peter Fletcher at this sort of little production entity called Sagittar and and, um, and I was assistant to David and David was teaching me a lot um, and, you know, and one day he was sort of, he was putting together quite a complex sequence and I was standing there watching him and, and we were, you know, we were editing on, on films 16 mil film Steinbeck's he put a frame down and I picked it up and I kind of as as was you know as, as many people who work with film you know you don't you kind of want to sort of I don't know eat at it sort of play <laughs> it. and then he you know he turns and he, he looks down and he says where's that frame Molly and I said oh I've just eaten it oh my <laughs> god <laughs> yes so so, what, yes. what were the repercussions of that? Did did anything come of it? Look, look. I think I think because it was around about two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> I, there was a sort of a moment of frustration, and I'm thinking to myself, it's only a frame, <laughs> um, and so it. Um, yes, it. I, I think. I think. I think we all recovered from it quickly, <laughs> partly because we had a deadline looming. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're expecting a lot of journalists to ask about that because it really, you know, as terrific and as in incredible this film is, it really stands out in your press kit. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't really answer a lot of questions in that. It's just like one line that leads into your uh, director's profile. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yeah, indeed. Because you know what, what we what we aim to do do with um with our sort of press kits is make is make them engaging reading, yes, and yes. so that was probably you know well well what what hasn't a press kit had before that it could have now. 
That's great. Um, regular listeners of this podcast will know that I'm reluctant to ask questions uh, regarding things I've read on IMDb because it's not always the most reliable source. But did you know that your IMDb profile lists you of having won a Daytime Emmy Award for costume design on Sesame Street? I it is it has come to my attention. <laughs> Prior to that, I was an actress on Chicago Fire, oh, so right. I'm a you know I've kind of gone from you know being in front of the camera to being behind the camera, yes. and I do like I do kind of like those inaccuracies um, because it's a fabulous way to um, you know to sort of remind oneself and everybody else that the internet is valuable yes. you know that yeah. it is it is not the you know the or- oracle of all things um, true yeah. and accurate so yes I, I goodness knows what will come next um, and my IMD bio um, so tell us about your collaborations and uh, you know and this very successful working relationship with the great uh, Rolf de Heer. How did that come about? Um, well, well, um, it sort of came about because um, because we're one another's partners. Yes. Um, and um, and how that came about is a long story from a long time ago. Um, but on on this particular project, we had heard that David was was unwell. Mm. Um, March two thousand and seventeen, he was living in Murray Bridge, and we thought we should just go and and see him see how he is um you know sort of almost you know by by way of sort of providing some sort of support mm. or or something like that and he was so keen to to work i think it was his way of kind of dealing with this you know with effectively being given a death sentence where they said you won't see in the new year and he was very very keen to 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 work and but how you know who's going to cast a, a sick and dying man in a film i yes. mean not even not even rolf to here mm. um would be well he'd be bold enough but he probably wouldn't get the film insured yes and so you know we thought well you know well david what well, well, you know documentary you know um and and so this this idea came about really really quickly you know and sort of in the in the course of the afternoon when when i sort of say the three of us it's actually the four of us because there was mary hood um as well and um at the time amanda duthie was um you know the sort of was in was at the adelaide film festival and she she was also you know very quick to see the potential in it and said look you know if this is what david would like and if you know if you guys are going to do it count us in mm. and so that that is sort of how how it came came to to be mm. um and so rolf took on the the producing capacity side of you know side mm. of of things and um you know david and i um, we worked worked together, you know, and there was Max Corkendale and Miles Rowland, the cinematographers, and we had James Curry in on sound for a while. So it was a very, it was a sort of very, um, you know, small but nimble um, and and creative crew. Mm. Um, so you've you've spoken about this a few times now. Uh, you had planned to end the documentary of David's passing and, and the transport of David's body. Uh, back to his country for ceremony. What what was that conversation like? You you had obviously all uh, spoken about it. 
Yeah, and look, that one David let, um, you know, with it. I mean, at some stage he was speaking about having Jimmy Barnes play, you know, at his ceremony. In fact, even in the film there's that wonderful line where he said, look, you know, you can keep it small five to seven days until you're satisfied. Um, And so he, I think he, he... he liked the idea of, you know, of the of the sense of mourning and respect, um, and all that would come with it with him him going. So it was something that, um, you know, truth truth be told, I was relieved not to not to have to. Um, not to have to do. I mean, yes. in that not doing it, David is is still alive. But in doing it, um, it w- I think it would have gotten really, really fraught because um, I think there would have been an an expectation for um, you know I th- I think for for us to to sort of fund the ceremony, mm. which would be kind of quite inappropriate as you know as a filmmaker mm. to kind of to kind of you know invest in your in your film's um, ending. Mm. Um, so I'm sort of, and I think that David's death cer- ceremony now, without it being filmed in a formal capacity, may be, may be better for it, yes. um, especially for the mourners. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's hard to tell that one. You're listening to the Cinema Australia podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud or cinemaaustralia.com.au. What what's your earliest uh, memory of David? Well, uh, my earliest memory was um, I think it was in when in visiting in Ramanginning and David unusually so was there. He's sort of making a rare guest in appearance. I think in part because um, Rolf and I were there, or Rolf Rolf was there at the time. And what struck me about David was that he just he just David just doesn't walk he kind of glides Mm. over the earth like he kind of he you know he sort of dances he almost shimmers um which I think you know the the camera um really really picks up on that I mean even even as an you know as an old man now shuffling his way through he you know there's there's some sort of grace in his you know in his physicality really so um that's you know that's what I, I I remember in my first encounter with David I thought goodness he doesn't walk he glides wow wow had you seen him on screen before that obviously you would have well, yeah 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 I kind of I kind of um yes I I had I you know I think that there's all, you know, we've, we've got many Australians, but I think there's a, a big chunk of Australia that has has no real appreciation of of David Galpalil. But I think the nature of of me as a filmmaker mm. means that, yeah, of course, mm. you know, um, I knew David. You know, who who, who can forget David, oh, no. Storm Boy? <laughs> you know, um, yes, and so I think he. Yes, I, I certainly, I certainly knew David Galpalil. Yes. Absolutely, and little did I know uh, that I'd really come to know him. Uh, in your director's statement, <laughs> in your director's statement, you've said uh, for all David's charisma, magnificence, and talent, he can still be mercurial, difficult, and frustrating. Can you elaborate on some of those difficulties and and frustrations? Yeah, uh, yes, yes, I can. Um, and I and I often, I often 
feel compelled to articulate that yes. because I know that there would be a enough people who have encountered David, people who have worked with him, people who have happened to sit next to him on an aeroplane or whatever else and think, Really, you know, he's uh, well. For the, you know, they'd kind of go, goodness, he can, he, he, he can really behave badly, yeah, you know. Yeah, um, and I kind of, and I used to think the same myself. Mm. And um, and I sort of, and I think that he has. The wonderful thing is that he's going to die, having largely, you know, redeemed him himself, restored mm. his his good name. Um, and I feel that that as a young man. Um, that he was he was really a very a very sweet gentle um, open eyed um, person looking at all the archival footage you know I kind of go oh you know he's someone that you know that one one likes and yes. then I think as he kind of had to wrestle being jammed between two cultures and having, you know, sort of a lot of enablers who said, David, you like to drink, you like to smoke the ganja, here you mm. go. And he just, he just, he, uh, he really often, so often didn't cope with it at all. He had great capacity, but it, you know, could bring on episodes of what I'd say is, you know, sort of, um, you know, paranoid mm. schizo, you know, schizophrenia mm. where it kind of just go wild and, and, and really, you know, it would put him in jail. Mm. Um, and so, Yes, that that was David, and partly, you know, when when the idea, you know, sort of working with David, I thought, do I really wish to do this? Um, because Dave, you know, I'd kind of David and I, you know, sort of um, we had we had a healthy respect for one another, mm-hmm. um, and and you know, we'd we'd each hold our own. And then I thought, well, of course, I'm I'm really well placed to do this because I was under no illusion as to the many sides of of David, yes. um, and I thought, yep, I, I, I you know, I, I I owe it to him, yes. you know, on a on a cultural level, um, I you know I. I owe David a, you know, a, a bloody good documentary mm. on behalf of the white fell, you know, all yes. us white fellas. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, mm. I, um, you know, I embarked on it. And then the most um, unexpected, you know, and and rewarding side of it was, I, you know, I developed a real affection for him, mm. um, you know, beyond beyond my respect as as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's lovely. Um, regarding the documentary itself, uh, you presented the film without narration and, th- and there's no talking heads, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, why did you want to present the film this way? Um... Look, um, as IMDb will tell you, I've made I've made a, a handful of um, docos with the Yongle um, in and around Ram and Ginning, and um, and I think that as a as a filmmaker, um, and as, you know that it I, I try to. I try to extend myself and my work, you know, with every, you know, with every pass. And I kind of thought, okay, then there have, you know, there'd been three documentaries made about David, you know, prior, prior to this, mm-hmm. um, that often enough, you know, I think about the documentaries that are being made and I thought, where, where's our, um, 
where's both our evolution and revolution in terms of how we engage with with indigenous and i thought okay what this film is 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 going to do is have david speak for himself and that no one else speaks for him you know there's no sort of white fella saying ah oh, yes mm. david Gulpalil is you know is this that and you know and everything else like that um and so and you know which is is, is a bold move but at the same time David David has that um, that you know that charisma mm. that means that he can carry a film um, as he does and and I was very keen to to craft it in a in a slightly surreal way because I think that that's what David's life has been um you know it's just um you know some of the most incredible things have happened you know him you know sort of being um a boy in the bush and then cast in a film and you know going over to England and dining with the Queen and getting stoned with Bob Marley and <laughs> you know and then going to jail and you know it's 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 an incredible Incredible life led, and mm. then David is also, which I which I think I speak to in the um in the press press kit is he's quite the storyteller, but yeah. you've got to go the distance with him, mm. and um and so it was sort of he'll he'll jump all over the place, and and so the presentation of the doco is almost a a, a sort of some insight into. David's seemingly chaotic mind, mm. even though it is, you know, generally anything, anything else but. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> while the the whole film is beautifully shot, and uh, there are these moments of stunning cinematography captured by Max Corkendale and Miles Rowland, who you just mentioned there, uh, can you tell us about working with these two to capture some of this footage? Um, well, other than it was a great pleasure um, and uh, worked with the both of them because, you know, we in the beginning we were shooting pretty consistently but then the doco spanned out over four years and so they had their, their various commitments and whatever else. But it was amazing how it would always come off, like it was either one or the other were were able to be available and you know they they were they were both very very patient because they um you know often would go um and David would would talk for an hour maybe two and I'm like aha uh-huh, aha uh-huh. and I learnt very quickly and early on to go, hold the faith David will deliver mm. and he did yeah. he did every single shoot there was only one where I said I thought to myself my goodness we don't have anything today yeah. that I think I can use um and and so um there but there was a, a, a sort of period you know almost like the working week in the middle of the sort of shoot there which was around about day 50 or so I'm thinking they really both of them must wonder what sort of director I am <laughs> because we just kind of keep going back and then it was like okay lads um we're going out on excursions because David likes likes to drive he finds it very you know um sort of a thera- therapeutic yes. to to sit in the car and 
and and go driving, mm. and so that's that's what we did. Um, and you know we 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 just we just had you know we we certainly had luck on our side because <laughs> you know so some of the some of the footage is incredible. It's amazing. Is is David as stylish in real life as he's made to look in the film? He, he wears yes. some pretty neat clothes. <laughs> Yes, he is. Oh, wow. He really, he really is. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the my sort of, um, he, he's, he's very particular about how he looks. Yeah. He uh, loves a suit, yeah. any excuse for a suit. And I remember one time, it was in fact when David had come to Adelaide because we were working on the narration for um, for another country and David was, was the narrator and he had this most beautifully packed bag you know one side all the shirts folded you know sort of socks and and, and underwear he is quite a fastidious character I think some of that is um as is a little um lost in he you know as he kind of gets older and more tired yeah. and every now and again um, in the film, I can see the radio mic, and I'm always very disappointed in myself that I can see it because I think David's so. Oh no, well, not so much the radio mic, the mm. untucked shirt, right, where yes. we were, you know, where we were sort of tucking in the cables and things like that. And yeah. I'm always a little disappointed in myself that I kind of wasn't paying more attention to keep him tidy because oh. he he's a sharp dresser, yeah, you know, he, yeah. yeah. That's very interesting. Um, can you give us an update on on David's health? Uh, how's everything going? Um, he's um, look. He's he's doing he's doing okay. Mm. Um, you know, it is it is it is it is hard for him. Yeah. Um, he has um, yes, he has his good days, but he has his his his. Ah, I'm trying. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm going to come at this slightly differently. Um, his cancer, his cancer has is basically suspended. Um, as 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 is his emphysema. Yet he doesn't feel great, and Mm. that 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 sort of um contradiction confuses him a little. Um, so he sort of he tends to rest about I would say about sixteen hours out of every 24 but then you get something like the the world the world premiere in march and boom david david comes to for 20 minutes half an hour and you think is there anything wrong with this man um so yes he's 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 languishing a little, but he, you know, he he still finds his pleasures. Um, and Mary, his carer, who I think is such a fabulous character in oh, the film. Oh, she really is. Yeah, she is. Um, you know, they'll they'll often go out to lunch and sort of sit by the river, and David will feed the birds, and you know, and in, you know, and sort of engage with the environment. So he's a, he's able to find his pleasures absolutely. Wow! Thanks for sharing that. That's that's great. Um, so so that's it. Now there's no more plans to film, David. Uh, are you all done? Um. Look, look, it is David is David. Um and so ostensibly, yes we are. 
but you know um it really does depend on what presents next yes um <laughs> yeah yeah so we 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 do we do have a very a very complete and full film and one of the things that i do i do like about it is that whichever way it it goes with david um the 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 you know it it it, it holds yes. do you know what i mean it does mm. it does it doesn't need a you know a not an epitaph, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't need a prologue. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah. Yes. There's, hang on. Is it, what's it, what's the, what's the, when you add an ending anyway, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, <laughs> and, um, and so, yes, it, um, you know, is, is something that, that holds. Um, Molly, thank you very much for joining the Cinema Australia podcast. We've loved having you on and it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. Thank you very much, Matt. Thank you for listening to the Cinema Australia podcast. You can keep up to date with all the latest Australian film news, reviews, features and interviews at cinemaaustralia.com.au.